Welcome to the Chief Endurance Officer Podcast. I'm your host, Greg McDonough. Each week, we hear real-time stories from athletes and CEOs on how to maximize performance through an endurance mindset. Let's get started. Welcome to the Chief Endurance Officer Podcast. I'm your host, Greg McDonough. I am super excited for our guest today. He's an entrepreneur, an influencer, a fitness enthusiast. He has recently become a hybrid athlete, which I'm really interested to talk to you about. The ambassador at Bear Nutrition. He has completed two full marathons, one Ironman, and I understand has two more on the calendar. He is the founder of HAX Athletic Club. Please welcome Blake Jacques. Welcome, Blake. Thanks for having me. Appreciate being here. It's great having you on the show. Uh, we love talking about endurance and the endurance mindset. And my favorite question, Blake, is tell me how your endurance mindset has impacted your life unexpectedly. Coming from a hockey background, let's just start off there because this is how I kind of transitioned into the endurance world. Um, it was more of a team mindset. Um, it wasn't so individualized. And then after I moved out of hockey, getting into Ironman training, get into the marathon training, like like you were saying there, um, definitely having the endurance and the consistency part of my life has changed my life for sure, especially after I started this business um, and businesses before they didn't grow as much and be as sufficient as this one is today, fully because of endurance training. I give all the props to that and just learning the ways of consistency day in, day out. I know what I have to do today. I'm going to do it. Okay. Next day. I know what I have to do today. I'm going to do that. And just having a plan because I feel like before I didn't have a plan for my business day to day. And I was just kind of going about the day, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. But just like Ironman training, just like marathon training, this is something I preach to my athletes that I train online is that we have blocks in the day and we just have to get them done. That's all we have to do. We have to plan the day and get it done. Yes. Is it going to be hard? Are we not going to want to do it every day? Yes. But that's what Ironman training teaches us. I like, as like a, as like a coach, I like to have a relationship with the athlete that I'm with the athlete's life as well. Um, and in the fact that like, okay, you have to study today. Okay. Block off time to study. Cause you're going to block off time for running. You're going to block off time for biking, swimming, lifting. So you're going to do that for work. You're going to do that with your kids, your, your relationships, your family time, yourself. Um, so I think endurance has just changed my life and other people's lives around me as well. That's a hundred percent spot on Blake. And I'd love to go a little bit deeper into the techniques you use around time blocking. Yeah. Um, so something I, I used to just do it on notes. Um, but like I was saying. Like I said before, I just kind of went from note to note to note to note and checked off the boxes as the day went on. But now I prioritize it and I put it in a green, yellow, and red block. Um, so green, I have to get it done. Today, I have to get it done. Show it to John Martin. He was a coach for me, like a mindset coach for me about a year ago, and he taught me this method. Um, but like a stop, or um, when you're coming up to a stop, like an intersection, you see the green light, yellow light, red light. So green, I have to get it done today. Yellow, I have to get it done maybe today, tomorrow, red, two weeks. So this is what I get the most important stuff done right out of the way. Maybe some stuff I don't want to do, but I just have to get it done kind of thing. And then the yellow, couple days, red, maybe two weeks down the road. 
because when I was just doing the notes, I was just going through it, checking the boxes because there were some things in the green column that I didn't want to do, but I just, okay, I'll just do this task two weeks down the road that it has to be done, but I don't want to do this task kind of thing. So how often, and I'll relate this back to endurance in a minute, but how often are you reviewing the red, yellow, uh, green, yellow, red lists? Every day, for sure. Yeah, because I get the green done. Usually green's like a repetition thing daily because I do have check-ins every day. I do have uh, videos that I need to create every day and um, just tasks I need to do every day. And those green things sometimes stay there every day. But then maybe the yellow, I have a race I'm going to with my athletes. I have to order flags. Is that urgent? No, but I have to get it done. So if I have some time, I'm going to get that done. Um, or for example... Um, planning a trip home. I need to book flights. That's going to be red because, well, maybe green because I'll save some money, um, doing it earlier, but it's going to be a red for me. Fantastic. So then let's translate that into your coaching. How do you use that same green, yellow, red for an athlete in his or her training week? Uh, for his or her training week, I, I literally have every day planned out for the, for the training blocks, every single minute's a planned, um, workout or zone or intensity or training effort so i think for the for the athlete it's all pretty much set up and it's pretty easy that's something i put a big emphasis on because when someone's coming to train with me i don't want it to be too complicated i want to give them it on a silver platter because they have to do the work as my as my job as a coach you're paying me to do my job and i want to give you the easiest um layout of it is the training going to be easy no i say this to a lot of people it's like i'm not doing the training for you but i'm giving you kind of the template that i feel like is the best for you um so here it is kind of thing and then when life gets in the way how does your how do your athletes so i've got a coach i've got my training schedule i checked off my training already this morning um but some days it gets to pretty late in the afternoon and I'm looking at training peaks and I'm like, well, should I really do this or should I cut it in half? How do you mm-hmm. motivate your athletes past that sort of distraction or like walk us through how you handle that situation? Mm-hmm. So I think it's like different for everyone because everyone has different mindsets. I don't know your full in-depth mindset of if you're going to be anxious about if you missed a workout yesterday, so you bring it through today. Uh, but I think just in general, If you get it done today, you get it done today. If you can do a bit of it, do a bit of it. Like you were saying, after work, say it's six o'clock, you don't have two hours to do a block. Um, But then it goes back to, yeah, stuff comes up in life. Like, you know, you don't get every workout done of a training block. I think Um, like only pros do that. Even even at that point, no, you're going to get an injury. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. But I think just push it back. Okay, it's done. Move on to the next day. Get it done today. If something comes up again, or it's like maybe a family tragedy or something that happens, just push it back. You can't do anything about that. You just have to move forward with it. Uh, but I know that this sport, endurance sport or Ironman or marathons, I'm finding a lot of people have that competitive aspect with themselves, with people around them. So when they do miss a workout, it kind of drags on them. It kind of pulls them a bit. Um, but I think as a job as a coach, I just need to like, get them back on their path. If they're going this way, maybe too negative, dude, you're doing good. You're six months into this. You're fine. 
kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, it's hard, right? especially when you you miss one or two, and then you feel like you got to catch up, and then you push too uh-huh. hard, and then injury can trick in. Yeah, yeah, fascinating. So slightly different topic. Um, as you work with your athletes, is there a, one single or many many misconceptions that your athletes kind of bring to the table when taking on an endurance activity like this? Um, I think number one, endurance is painful. Um, I don't think that's true at all. I think it all goes back to the intensities we're doing and the volume we're doing. I think going into a workout, it's not always going to be, I'm super fresh for the workout, but it's going to be, I just have to get through this block at these intensities. Am I going to do zone four for whenever, like a long time? No, because then we'll be trashed for the next workout uh, kind of thing. I think like even me getting into endurance, seeing someone run whatever, like a 10K, I think they're in pain the whole time. But no, it doesn't have to be like that. And you will get faster with time. I know that now people getting into this, they see videos, they see people doing fast times. They want it to be rushed. They think it's going to be like in a month. Blake, I'm not at this time. And then I, we've been in this for 30 days. See Chris and Blumenfeld, how long he's even training for? He deserves that. He's been working that hard for that long. Do I deserve that? No, I haven't been working for that hard for that long. So it's just, this is what I say to all my athletes because I have a big group chat with all of them and we kind of have a community like that. Um, we're all in the same path, but we're at different stop points in it. So maybe you're here and someone's here. This person deserves to be here because they've worked hard. They've been lucky enough to have that body, that efficiency, that work ethic to get there. But you're here. We are going to get there. It's just a matter of time because everyone's at the same path at different checkpoints. That's a great way to look at it. And you know, as one of those athletes that tends to be sort of on the back of the pack, it's always mm. frustrating looking at somebody else, looking at their yeah. performance, looking at their equipment. Look, it's uh-huh. instead of like it taking is. the time and really self-reflecting. Mm-hmm. I think like, especially for some people, like I've had a lot of people drop off because we have people that do a lot and are fast and, and that sort of thing. And then I talk to them, but sometimes it just gets in their head too much. Um, and that's, this is something I'm thinking about when we're posting our times online and X, Y, Z. Um, I haven't been poaching, posting as many times now. I just post like my, like me doing a workout. I used to post like my times and stuff, but I know how negative that can be to some individuals getting into the sport. It's definitely a comparison of being like, oh, I'm at this. I've been doing this for this much and I'm not at this level. And it kind of drags people down. It it happened to me for sure when I was getting into it. But um, exactly. Like that's how I set people back in that mindset of we're at different checkpoints. We will get there. We will get there. It's just a matter of time kind of thing. Well, and there's so many different variables that play into it, right? There's road mm. conditions, there's weather, there's what you ate the night before, and all these things kind of play into, which mm-hmm. makes like the time performance a really dangerous metric to follow, right? Mm-hmm. Unless you're on a track in the same conditions, you can yeah. expect a similar time performance. But if you're doing man Wisconsin and it's cold and windy and you've been training in Florida, with yeah. flat, you're not going to have a PR yeah. on the bike. No, exactly. And, and this happened to me this past Ironman, um, like in Ironman Florida, I did 11, 21, 21, not a day I was shooting for, 
but it was a TR because this was a super flat course. I had a fever a couple of days before, so it was just a mess of, of a race. Um, but then Ironman Canada year before my first Ironman, I did 11.22. So it was a PR, didn't feel like a PR, but can you compare those? Because on Canada, Ironman Canada, I felt like I had a good day, but the elevation on the bike was like, I don't know, 3,600 meters. And the, and the Florida was literally like 500 meters. So yeah, it's super tough, um, especially when you're comparing different races and your first couple races, uh, you can't really compare um, courses to courses. I think courses down the line for sure, but um, yeah. Yeah, I, I tend to do my comparison against my age group winner and the overall men's winner and say like, if he has an eight hour day and I've got a 14 hour day, like, well, however that gap is, as long as I'm still yeah. in those same percentages, it kind of makes me incorporate the conditions of the day. Yeah. Like totally shifting gears here. Let's talk about you. I talk about, I'd love to know more about your history, how you got into this. You mentioned you were a hockey player at some point. Tell yeah. us, tell the audience more about you. Okay. So let's go right from when I was three years old. This is the first time I strapped on my skates in the backyard with my dad. Like we lived in Canada, it was minus 40. So we were in the backyard flooding the ice. Like we made ice uh, sheets every year. Like all my friends on my street had their own rink kind of in their backyard. So it was pretty cool. Um, I think that was like the best time of anyone's lives growing up in Canada. Um, but yeah, growing up, played hockey, competitive level, that pretty much uh, took me to where um, I was in Calgary. I was playing hockey. Um, I, mean, I moved away from home at 18, uh, played for two years. COVID happened. I was falling out of love with hockey. I kind of knew I wanted to do this fitness online. I didn't know where it would take me, but I've always had a very big interest in it. Since I was 14, I sold my first like PDF workout plan when I was 14, 15 years old. Um, so I knew I wanted to get into this. I knew I was going to do it, but was it going to be when I was 19 finishing hockey or I was going to go back to school for another four or five years to play hockey until I was 25, 26. And then I'd kind of get into it. Um, and COVID happened, um, and my uncle passed away and then that kind of gave me a perspective, perspective on life kind of thing. So I just kind of took that with me and, and grew with it. Um, and moved on from hockey, uh, started a digital marketing agency when I was, um, 20. And then last year when I was 21, I started, um, hybrid athlete X hacks athletic club as it's now called. Um, and then yeah, now a year and a half down the line, um, it's grown a lot, but I think the main thing just to take out of this is just life's going to change down the way. And those transitions will be hard. Like if you are in school and you're doing this topic and you don't like it move on to the next one that's okay that's only another couple of years here so just continue to move on and transition with the transitions are hard they're super hard like when i was moving out of hockey um it was really hard to get out of it because i've been playing that from three to 19 like 16 years and then i moved into this part of life i was scared to even tell my friends or my family to quit like i'm quitting Cause that's what I was like, if you put my name, Blake hockey player kind of thing. So it's like definitely like an identity crisis I was going through for like three weeks. And then I got into running because I was lifting and I, 
I didn't feel that competitiveness within myself when I was just lifting. I was like, okay, I'm in the gym. Why am I in the gym? I don't want to be huge. Like I'm not trying to get huge, but I still want to be competitive with myself and others and just have a community census. Um, so that's when I started to get into running, um, hated it, hated it. Like I always saw people running. I didn't like it at all, but, um, then I started to get into it more and I felt like it was more of a mindset thing than anything. And I was, I was really liking that. Uh, so then I signed up for a marathon three months after, um, did that and then did an Ironman 70.3 six months after that. And then following we've done around like 10 Ironman 70.3s, marathons, Ironmans kind of thing. So yeah, it's definitely a whirlwind. And I feel like once you get into it, you get into it and just see as you can go with it. But, um, yeah. Talk to me a little bit more about that transition period and the emotions you were feeling. You said you were, you're, it was hard for you even to tell your friends that, Hey, I'm quitting hockey. And yeah, I could understand that. Like get into the emotion side of it. Like, what were you feeling? How'd you get through those emotions? I was feeling very lonely. I feel like, cause I felt like I, I don't want to like even say this to my parents because they'd been working with me. They'd been investing in my education and my future with going to school, with getting a scholarship with that kind of thing. And, um, I don't know, like I broke down when I told them for sure. Like I broke down when I told almost everyone, because that's a big thing I was releasing inside of me. It's like, it'd be like telling, I don't know, uh, in a relationship, like you want to get out of the relationship, but you don't want to, but you know, you want, you know, you want to, but you don't just have the guts to kind of bring it up and talk about it. And I think that goes back to like, I don't know, it's men's mental health. And it's like, just to bring up the stuff that's inside of you because it feels a lot better. And even if, even if you're not going to, let's say, move on from a sport, you can still talk about it with other people. Okay. So here are the pros, here are the cons. Here's how the next couple of years will look like if you play, if you don't play and kind of have that perspective of it and just know that people are comfortable with talking about it, but it was scary as hell for me. Um, yeah. I was definitely lost for sure uh, with myself. I didn't know who I was kind of thing because I was always going to practice. My summers were based around hockey training with all my friends at the rink and going to train. And then we leave to our to our teams like across North America kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a big change for me and just telling my friends because a lot of my friends are still playing as well, right? So to tell them, it's kind of like, I feel like it's a shot to them as well because they're still playing, but I kind of left. But it's just in my mindset as well because when I talk to them about it, they're like, no, dude, go do your thing. Like, we're on our paths. We're on different paths here. Comes back to being on different paths. Blake, you've mentioned, you left me a little breadcrumb and you mentioned men's mental health. And I wanted yep. to dig into that deeper. Do you have routines or daily practices, those types of things around your mental health? Um, yeah, I think a big thing for me is just sweating, um, working out and just getting it done in the morning. I know that if I don't, I'm kind of just like, I don't feel as refreshed in the day. Cause I feel like to start the day off, like you feel good. You get the endorphins running. Um, you feel fresh, you get in the shower, you come out, you start work kind of thing, uh, versus the days where maybe you wake up, um, you I don't know. I just don't feel as energetic when I start the day off like that. 
Um, but definitely a sauna plays a big part of me. And I think it comes back to, um, my dad had a lot of, uh, mental health issues and he, uh, passed away about five months ago. So that's a big, um, thing for me to think about and just work through every day and just make sure that I talk about things. And as well as I'm there for other people when they want to talk about things. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely been a big part of everyone's lives, but it's definitely not talked about, um, as much as it should be, although it is getting out there to the public, public more. Well, I'm sorry to hear about your father. Um, thank you. That's, yeah, that's gotta be tough for sure. I, and I suspect your athletes appreciate your mental health approach as well. Of like, Hey, mm -hmm. let's talk about what's going on or why you're mi missing this or why you're overperforming and really mm -hmm. just get those conversations started. Mm -hmm. um, Blake, talk to us about the types of athletes you work with. And, and if there's an audience member out there interested in some coaching, how can we get in touch with you? Give us a little bit of background about your club. For sure. So my club is Hacks Athletic Club, um, and we generalize to the hybrid athlete kind of, um, kind of venture within fitness. Um, you're probably seeing a lot more hybrid athlete type of training and that sort of thing. And I feel like we've gravitated towards a lot of retired athletes, whether that being from, even if you're an athlete in high school, like say you played on the volleyball team, but you've kind of been in college. You don't really have a community like a team wise for, for training. Um, this is what we generalize to, whether it be in marathons, um, triathlons, um, not even marathons, just getting into the routine of running and lifting or strength and conditioning. Cause I feel like a lot of the people come to me because they've had coaches in the past, but they don't program them any type of strength and they're just lost. When, when do I do an upper day, a lower day, because they still like to lift. Like I was saying, when I was getting out of hockey, I was solely doing like a bro split, like a chest back legs, chest, back legs, just like a robot doing the same things in the gym kind of thing. Uh, but now to kind of balance that, I think it's very, um, energetic because you, you're going to do an upper day and a lower day, but you're not going to touch that until the next week because you do have run, bike, swim, and maybe a core day or maybe, um, an active recovery day. And it kind of keeps you fresh because you're doing a new workout every day. And the next time you're doing that workout is going to be in seven days. Um, but I think the, the general, um, audience that I'd like to take on is just someone who's open to this way of training. If it's not for you, it's, it's not for you. If we work together for six months and you don't like it, that's okay. Like it's not going to be a perfect relationship every single time. But I think I just want someone with like an open mindset and they're craving, um, like a community, um, and some competitiveness within themselves, uh, to kind of roll them forward into the next race, into the next year. Um, that sort of thing. You also mentioned community again and how you have a group chat with your athletes. Yeah. Describe that to me because I, you know, I'm, I have a, my coach and I'm not part of her. I'm part of her community. We've got a one-on-one -on -one relationship for sure. A very good yeah. one, but I don't know her other athletes. I don't know who else is in the network. So describe that to us, describe the benefits of that, or maybe some things that have come through it unexpectedly from mm -hmm. developing that community. Yeah. I think the community is like something that drives me and everyone, because first off, say we were coaching together. It's just me talking to you. How's your workout? 
this, 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 but then you have this, not this other athletes that are posting their workouts in their group chat. It's kind of giving you like a fueling motivation. It's like, Greg, I didn't do the workout today. I need to do this shit because Caitlin did it or because Rick did it kind of thing. And just to have some camaraderie because triathlon is a solo sport. Um, lifting is a solo sport, running solo, but just to make it kind of like a big online community is what I'm driving and striving for. And we do have biweekly uh, group calls and we do send out the recordings for people that don't miss them. And we're working on getting like a map together because we have a lot of people in Australia, UK, Europe, uh, North America. So to plot them. And my vision is, um, we're going to have like meetups. Like we do already have meetups at races. Like I run Florida, 15 people are racing. So we're in the group chat, made a group chat. We have a couple Airbnbs. So we, then we go to the race, race it. And then we go back to train. Then we have another race in April, another race in May, um, kind of coming together. But the community is everything here. Um, I definitely wouldn't have as many athletes as I do if we just had one-on-one coaching. Um, but it is a lot, like it's a lot to manage. Um, Cause you're a community. It's a community. There will things, there will be things that go wrong with it. Uh, but I mean, it's a growing pain. It's not a bad thing. You just have to kind of move on from that and learn and put a new rule in place kind of thing. The, the accountability must be awesome. Cause 100%, yes. if I yeah. woke up in the morning and didn't want to do my workout and 15 people had already accomplished it, I would change <laughs> my mindset and actually get my shit done. That's exactly. Like, are you doing that over? like a Facebook page, like what's the platform you're, or is it just straight over text message? Uh, we have an Instagram group chat. So we all post Instagram. our workouts on our stories, um, and that sort of thing. And we motivate, even if, even if we don't, um, post it, we have 10 to 15 people posting their workouts and then that just builds a butterfly effect. And then, um, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing, but we're just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And, um, yeah, it's going to be really cool where we take this. That's a lot of fun. Um, are you still running your digital marketing agency? Um, no. So this is what was happening. So hacks was at this point, this digital marketing was at this point and it was kind of be they both were becoming stagnant because I only have so much time in the day. So I had to drop one to kind of launch the other one. Um, so I stopped doing the digital marketing and then I just, um, put all my time into hacks. Um, and. Yeah, I mean, I use the stuff I was doing in digital marketing for hacks now. So it's kind of like I was just learning things while I was doing this. And then now to launch um, and grow hacks has just been incredible. But it, but it was risky. It's like you have two things. You have two incomes. You have two kind of, um, let's say, jobs, let's, let's call them. But now you only have one. So now this is your whole day kind of thing. But I love it. Um, it's gonna It's a part of me. And. Um, yeah, I just can't wait to keep working on it. You have to walk me through the thought process for that decision as well. Yeah. So, um, number one, um, the main client I was working with for my digital marketing, um, they, they saw that I was putting more time into this cause I'm socially active online. They see how much I'm putting into this. It's like, you're not putting as much into, um, the digital marketing as we as you were doing before hacks were kind of growing and they're like, this is you, you cannot give this up. So go do it. Um, we know you're going to succeed at it. We know you're going to do well, but kind of go at it. Um, and I talked to a couple of people about it, like my 
uh, business coach and just a couple of mentors, my family, my friends, and they're like, Blake, this is you. You cannot give this up. Just go and grow it and have fun with it because you never know how long it's going to last and you just have to take it until however long it lasts. But I know it's going to be along for a while. So. So what advice would you give an audience member who's considering become changing careers or becoming an entrepreneur? What's, what's your advice to them? I'd say don't do it right off the get go. Like when I launched tax, I still was doing like, say, let's say I'm working at, let's say I'm like a, a, whatever, let's call it an accountant. Let's say I'm an accountant right now. And I have this idea. Am I going to drop this? for this right now? No, but I'm going to drop this when this kind of gets bigger, bigger, bigger. And then maybe it's stagnant for a bit. And it's like, okay, I, this can't grow anymore while I'm still doing this. So now I'm going to drop this and kind of go on with this, but you still have to look at it. Like if you have a family, you still have to provide for everyone. You still have a lot of things to take into account. Um, but for me, I'm fortunate enough to be young. I don't have a lot of overhead. So I kind of just went with it, um, and see where it goes. That's fantastic. Blake, how can an audience member get in touch with you? Um, Instagram at Blake Jakes. It is Jakes. It's not Jaquez. Um, it's Jakes, uh, B-L-A-K-E-J-C-Q-U-E-S. Fantastic. And we'll include, include those on the show notes, man. I loved Great. our, com our conversation, especially our discussions around building community and the impact that accountability is having on your athletes. It's it's I'm going to make that same suggestion to my coach. I think once I get off recording this podcast, um, I also really appreciated your perspective that endurance doesn't have to be painful, right? Yeah. Like, like the intensity can vary and it doesn't need to be like this long 26.2 mile dragging. Yeah. Painful experience. Yeah. Cause it's uh, like, we build up to it. It's not like you're running. It's like a lot of people say, okay, I want to do a marathon. It's like, well, I can't do one. Yeah. Not right now, but we're building up for that. Just like the roadmap we're here. We're getting here. This is what, this is the plan to get here. We're going to do it. Just trust the process. That, that's spot on. Um, and I really enjoyed when we started off the conversation about your notes and your prioritization and using the green, yellow, red concepts. And then ultimately we talked about getting it done today, like just get it yes. done. And, and exactly. Okay. How do you, how do you structure your day when you're checking off the boxes? So I do mine, uh, like the week before I look at my following week as a 168 hour week. And I first put on the things that are essential. So your greens, and then I put mm -hmm. on my yellows and then I'll usually put on something that's fun. So. If it's nice. springtime, I get to go play golf or go for a hike. Cause something to look forward to so that it, yeah. the tough, tough times or the tough assignments are a little bit easier when I know, Hey, tomorrow at this time, I'm going to be hiking for two hours with my dog. Mm -hmm. I kind of take it at that yeah. process. Um, but of I like course things, that. things get thrown in the day as, uh, as always. And then obviously the training gets logged in as well. And so, yeah. Cause even right. when we're like getting, like, say it's a tough day, like I have a long day coming up, but I have, um, like a little fun sauna, cold plunge, uh, barbecue after with some friends, like even, even to have that, it's a lot easier to get through the day to have something to look forward to, like you were saying, versus not having anything. And then it's like, I don't, I don't know. There's something there's like psychologically, but, um, it's definitely relevant. 
Yeah, there's a great book called the 168 hour week. Good. And the Let name's slipping me, but I'll put I'll put it in the show notes. So when you get the episode, but it's awesome. And she talks about scheduling things that you enjoy because then it makes the harder assignments a lot easier to accomplish. Great. Yeah, it's perfect. I'm gonna share this all our story area. So we'll get some viewers watching nice. the show. Awesome. Well, Blake, hey man, it's been great having you on the show. My quest, my message to the audience, if you got some value out of the show, please share it. Please send it out to your community, to your friends and family, like us on all the everyone. everyone, everyone, send it to everyone. We want this, this to go viral because Blake's messages here and the conversation we just had can really impact somebody's life. So let's share these messages. Thanks again, Blake. Right. It was great having you on. Thanks a lot, Greg. Thanks a lot, guys, for watching. Appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to the Chief Endurance Officer Podcast. To hear more inspiring stories and strategies around the endurance mindset, be sure to subscribe below or visit us at chiefenduranceofficer.com. Until next time, keep pushing those limits.